So let's play a little Where's Waldo, or maybe specifically on this one, Where's Weirdo? That's me. Here's your clues. I am in a place that is warm and sunny. I am in a place that has lots of old people. I am in a place where I could watch Major League Baseball today. This is the retired Coach Streb, and I am in Florida. I'm sure you probably guessed that. Those are pretty good clues, weren't they? Come on, give me some credit. This episode is a special travel edition from warm and sunny Florida. Let me talk to you a little bit about traveling, about Florida, and I guess elderly people as well. All that's coming up on this episode of the Old Man's Podcast. Get off my grass! All my life I've known people who were either relocated to the state of Florida or have uh, bought a winter home here and traverse back and forth between wherever their home is and beautiful Florida. But I'm telling you, more and more people that I know are moving to Florida. Now, I don't know if it's just people I know, but I have a feeling that the state of Florida, the population, has been on a pretty steep incline last decade or so. It just seems like lots of people are moving here. And I can see why. The temps, we've been down here in uh, February. This is the end of February. Daily temperature is always in the 80s. It hit 90 as we went south to Jupiter to see baseball uh, yesterday. It did hit 90. Overnight, lows down around 70s. And my God, that feels cold. We're putting on jackets when it gets down to 70. We got so used to the 80s. Low 70s almost feels cold. But you know, it's not just the weather. There's lots of stuff to do down here. So I'm here. Uh, the, the podcast has got to go on. So I brought my recording equipment with me. I'm sitting in a parking lot in front of the Ocean's Landing Resort in Cocoa Beach, Florida, in my car. And you may ask, why in the world are you doing that? Well, there's a lot of good reasons. A car is actually a really pretty good uh, recording studio. They're basically soundproof. My equipment consists of my telephone, although sometimes I use my tablet. But today I'm using my, just my, my Android phone and a portable mic that I carry around. So it's not real technical. I can do it anywhere I go. And just because I'm not home doesn't mean the old man's podcast doesn't go on it does have you done traveling lately i have some words of wisdom experience and advice for you on travel these days it's a little bit different post-covid first i want to talk to you as i was about uh, florida i know probably everybody's (laughs) been there most people go to florida at least once in their life But it just never ceases to amaze me, and I'm not talking about the weather, just all of the things that there is to do. Everybody knows the weather's great. If you like warm weather, if you want snow, you have to go somewhere else because it's not going to be here. There's so much stuff that can be done in Florida. Outdoor activities like fishing, just hanging out at the beach, 
that's my idea of an outdoor activity. I was watching guys kite surf today. Surfing's big. All sorts of outdoor things that can be done. The entertainment industry just thrives in Florida, as you know. Orlando's not far from here. You got Universal Studios, you got Disney World, you got Sea World, you got all sorts of touristy stuff up and down both sides of the state on either coast. Lots and lots of things to do for families, young people, people that aren't young, people that are old. Everybody can find something to do. The food is fabulous. I've been dining on seafood, trying something different every night. Tonight I had what was billed as the Florida Reuben. It was fried grouper on a bun and it had slaw mashed in with it. So it was something different and really, really quite good. Florida's got to be one of the most tourist driven economies in the country. I know there are many states and areas that thrive off tourism. Florida, of course, has always been one for a very, very, very long time. But let me talk to you a little bit about travel first. This trip took us from St. Louis through Alabama to Cocoa Beach. We're not done after we finish here. We're going to head north to Virginia, make a day trip to D.C., cut back through Kentucky, drink some bourbon, and then on home to St. Louis, a big giant triangle through the entire Southeast section of the country. Now, post COVID travel is different. I've been retired now for almost a year. So I've been doing a lot of post COVID travel. I guess we're post COVID, aren't we? That's what we're told anyway. Travel industry still hasn't come around post COVID. There's two things that I see are really bad and I don't remember them being this bad before COVID, so I'm going to blame COVID. Two things, supplies, stuff that hotels, restaurants, stores have. Um, the supply chain seems to be not working well. And of course, workers, nobody wants to work. What I've noticed on this trip so far, and my warning to you, Maybe if you've been traveling, you'll agree with me. If you have some spring traveling coming, and definitely people, families especially, like to travel over the summer, here's my observations for what you can look forward to in your soon adventures that you're going to take. Expect long lines, especially for restaurants. The tour stops, the stores, they have fewer checkers. If you're doing shopping, there's fewer people checking you out. The uh, touristy things, this Universal Studios and all that, the people that have been going told us the lines are out the wazoo. And not because there's so many people at these places, it's because there's so few workers. So the hospitality industry, that part of tourism, dealing with the tourists that are coming in, there's fewer workers and it's making for longer lines. We've had long lines going into bars and restaurants, but I've never seen one yet that was full. But there was lines to get into the place because they don't have enough servers, they don't have enough cooks, they don't have enough wait staff to take care of the place at capacity. 
So they've shrunk down and are working at less than full capacity because that's all they can do for the workers. I'm also finding that a lot of places don't have things. That's the supply chain problem I was alluding to a little while ago. We went into Dunkin' Donuts for breakfast because I just thought it would be a quick stop. Now, normally I don't do chains, but we were in a hurry. We had to get somewhere, so I knew what Dunkin' Donuts had. I knew it would be a quick in and quick out. Well, it wasn't because when we got in there, they had none of the egg sandwiches. They had no eggs. Now, their supply truck had just gotten there, and they were restocking their supplies, but they weren't ready to go. And they were apologetic. They were nice about it. They said the truck was a day late. It should have been here yesterday. Well, it didn't do me any good. So just like I'm saying you're going to be standing in line, you can expect restaurants to possibly not have a full meal. There's things that they won't have because of the supply chain problem. As I said, normally I don't do chains. We were in a hurry that time, so we did. I love to visit local and support local restaurants and bars. When I go into a bar or a restaurant, the very first question I ask is, what's your local beer? Beer, wine, distilled spirits, doesn't matter. I'm going local. I want to eat the local food. I want to enjoy the local flavor the local vibe is what I'm looking for so I don't like to go to chains service staff as I said is short and I gotta say the service staffs in most of the restaurants we've been going in so far pretty poor the issue is understaff but also they're hiring people and expecting them to be up to full speed really too quick there was a young lady at a bar we were at two or three nights ago it was her fourth night working there, working at all as a bartender, and she was trying hard, and she was even asking customers questions. She was really, really nice, working her tail off, but had only been a bartender for four days. She was by herself. She was the only one behind the bar, totally by herself. That's crazy. Management screwing up there. Tonight was the first night we had of the last four for sure that the bill was correct now twice we were undercharged because all, everything we ordered wasn't on the bill i was afraid it was on somebody else's bill we got it all fixed up the other two nights somebody else's stuff was on our bill that's four of five nights the bills were messed up but it's not just me that's having these problems. We <laughs> old people sit around the resort, around the pool all day long and complain and talk about the things that we're seeing. At the restaurant we were at about three, two, three nights ago, the people at the table next to us you know, called for the manager. He ended up comping her whole meal, but they were just livid beyond belief how angry they were that nothing was coming out right things that they ordered didn't show up the orders were messed up it was a mess so it's not just me is what i'm saying other people are having problems so in case you're just thinking hey it's streb you idiot it's just you nope not me other people are having these problems with wait staff as well judging by the number of people and traveling and standing outside wanting to get into these restaurants and wanting to, to do these things, these entertainment 
venues that they want to go to, there should be plenty of money in the hospitality and entertainment industry. But I think because of the empty tables, they can't get enough wait staff in here and customers getting upset and finding possibly cheaper things to do it, cheaper ways to get by, that a lot of money is going to be left on the table by the entertainment industry. I think they're missing out. People are just going to find cheaper and easier ways to have fun. They're going to picnic instead of go to restaurants or they're going to go to fast food instead of sit down because it's not worth the hassle to go to the restaurant. Be prepared though to spend more money and often question the value that you're getting for your entertainment dollars while traveling. Most of the time we're spending more money at a restaurant than we would have expected to and than we were used to previously. And as I said a number of times, the service was so bad, it really wasn't worth that kind of money. You know, overall travel is more expensive now. Gas prices are up. They're not crazy, but gas is up over what it was pre-COVID. Of course, airline tickets go up if you're doing that, but everything else because of the cost of shipping products and trucks, the cost of your food goes up. Lodging though is the one thing that seems way up. Hotels, five, six hundred dollars a night that were much less than that just a couple of years ago. They don't know why. I guess they have to do all the special cleaning and all those things people expect now. So they have to hire more people too. But lodging is the one, in my opinion, that has gotten the biggest bump in price increases. So if you um, do Expedia or whatever apps or ways that you might book rooms, you may want to uh, diligently pursue that because the cost of lodging, I think, has usurped every other aspect of travel. Lodging is where you can save the most money to enhance your vacations. In terms of cost, experts that I read about in different magazines will say that you should buy early as much as possible. We did that with a cruise. We're taking a cruise in May, and we had reserved that spot almost uh, a year ahead of time. And the three of us were going on a 10-day cruise in the Caribbean for about a thousand bucks a piece. Seems like a pretty good deal. Um, I'll let you know about that one when it comes around. You know, when it comes to traveling and, and lodging and staying, I really prefer resorts over hotels. You know, like staying in a hotel one night, moving on to another spot, another spot, another spot. We did that last summer in Montana. We did 12 nights circling around Montana, came in the east, went northwest through Glacier Park, west to Whitefish, dropped down south, and came in back to the east to uh, Rapid City, South Dakota, passing up and stopping briefly in Yellowstone. Just did a whole circle around Montana. Only two nights of those 12 nights did we stay in the same hotel consecutively. That was exhausting. What I prefer are resort stays. That's what we're doing now. So we'll go to a resort, stay for a week or so, whatever, week, two weeks, five days. If you don't stay five days, it's probably not worth it. And then from there, we kind of hub out of there. The resorts are nice because 
you can have it you'll have a kitchen so you can cook and then as i said you can hub out to different entertainment spots from there so we're in Cocoa beach we um, don't have to eat out every meal we can eat in as much as we want we, you know who wants to go on a trip and not go out to eat though so we are eating out sometimes twice a day but we've hubbed from here so we've gone kayaking we're going um, sailing tomorrow we drove down to Jupiter as I said it was about 90 miles from here and saw some baseball you could do all kinds of stuff from this spot you could probably go to Orlando and do a day at Universal Studio but I got no little kids so I'm not doing any of that the resort stays then where you hub out from there just so much more relaxing hang out at the pool we got beachfront property so we can hang out there got a bar by the pool and there's no reason to ever leave i prefer that over moving around a lot and staying in a different hotel each night for both financial reasons and obvious health reasons we try to only go out and eat once a day We'll eat breakfast in the uh, resort room and we'll snack around lunch and maybe make sandwiches or something light. And then the big meals in the evening when we go out and try a local restaurant. So that's ideally what we do. If you're in a hotel, it's kind of hard to coordinate all that. The hotel may have breakfast, free breakfast hotel. That always gets me. But you don't have a kitchen normally, so you don't have a whole lot to uh, work with for that meal leading up to your dinner um, restaurant trip that you're going to take. So moving around hotel to hotel, that's the best way to cover a lot of ground. It's really the only way to cover a lot of ground and see a lot with limited time. But if you have plenty of time and retired people have plenty of time, the, as I call it, hub traveling is just so much more relaxing time is what a retired person has and it's important for us to use it as best as possible right speaking of retired people florida is sure known for retired people isn't it i mean that's the first thing you probably should have thought of in fact the shuffleboard hall of fame is in st petersburg florida Shuffleboard is a quintessential retired person's activity. I can't call it a sport. I just can't bring myself to say that. And, of course, the Hall of Fame is right here in Florida. All these elderly people, like me, of course, uh, does change the dynamics of what's going on in your trip. Things are slower. You cannot be in a hurry. you got to be prepared to take it easy. There's going to be somebody shuffling around in front of you with a walker or a cane. You just can't go blowing by them and knocking an old person over. You don't want to do that. So things are slower. Lines move slower. Driving is slow. And I would say dangerous. There's always some old person out to the left in the fast lane driving 20 miles under the speed limit because they think they're safe. Don't get me started. That's a pet peeve of mine. They're not safe. They're causing problems for everybody else, aren't they? And handicap parking, you're never gonna find an empty spot. Handicap spots, as soon as one old person pearls out, another one pulls in. There's none ever left open. Now, remember I mentioned expect long lines at restaurants? The presence of the old people that kind of does help though because they eat early 
As soon as Wheel of Fortune's over, they're going out to eat, and they definitely want to get into a happy hour. If you can plan on eating a late dinner, waiting can benefit you. You won't have to worry about the lines. We won't be here in two weeks when spring break hits, but the dynamics are definitely going to change in the Florida area in particular for a spring break. Kids will be kids, and old people will be grumpy. You can just imagine how these conversations are going. Kids bopping around, having a good time. And old people, you guys slow down. Don't drive so fast. You can just imagine uh, how that dynamic is going to be when thousands of drunk kids show up interacting with all these old people. Now, if you were worried about us not playing trivia because it's a special travel edition that's not going to be the case we are going to play trivia and our trivia is going to be florida trivia so we're going to take a little break do some florida trivia and then i'm going to come back and hit you with some more travel tips that i'm thinking about been doing a lot of travel we're making at least a trip a month so some things that i have worked out in my system of traveling it may be of interest to you that you may pick up first i'm going to take a quick break and make sure this is all uploading properly and then come back at you with some florida Well, the old man's podcast may be on the road, but engaging your brain cannot be. It's got to be with you every day. You have to make sure you're engaging your brain. So to remind you of that, we're going to do our weekly trivia. I am um, sitting in the parking lot, as I told you. I'm going to make these trivia questions up on my own, based on my own, let's just say, perceived knowledge of Florida. I could be wrong on some of these, and I'm sure Einstein will let me know if I am. But I've got five questions that I believe are correct about the state of Florida. First one, actually the first two, come on, Miami Vice. Was that not the best TV show ever? I watched every episode of Miami Vice. It was back in the late 80s. It was great. So how can I do florida without talking about miami vice how can i do trivia without putting questions from that in so we're going to do that miami vice trivia it's florida come on so sonny crockett and rico tubbs were the two characters that played the detectives that the show was primarily based on sonny crockett was a football player college player the university of florida and he was famous for something that he accomplished that he did as a football player in college at the University of Florida. And it came out a couple times in various episodes during different seasons. Sonny Crockett, what did he accomplish at the University of Florida on the football field? He returned in a big game against Florida State, a 98-yard touchdown on a screen pass. You got that, right? I mean, you all knew that. Tell me you did. All right, one more Sonny Crockett, Miami Vice question. He had a pet, and he, the pet lived on his boat with him. Do you know what the pet was? And for bonus points, 
what was this pet's name? Answer is, he went to University of Florida, right? So he took their mascot, or somehow got their mascot, a gator. His pet that lived on his boat with him was an alligator, and his name was Elvis. You got that one too, right? You, you knew that one as well, right? Okay, so I'm done with my advice. I just had to throw those two questions in. Let's go to the NFL. How many NFL franchises are in the state of Florida, and can you name the cities that have them? Give you a second to think about it. Okay. There are three Florida cities with NFL franchises. They are the Miami Dolphins, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. I do not get the last one. I get Tampa Bay, Miami, of course, Jacksonville. It's a tiny little Okay, it's kind of a city. How does St. Louis not have an NFL franchise and Jacksonville, Florida, which should be nothing more than an afterthought, does? It's 10 miles south of Georgia, basically in Georgia. They have Atlanta. You probably have heard of the Falcons. How does Jacksonville, Florida get a football franchise and St. Louis doesn't? You can tell it bothers me. I have some serious problems with that. Let's move on to the next question. What beach is billed as the world's most popular beach? And, and it's got to be unique. I've never seen it anywhere else. You can drive your car on it. Billed as the world's most popular beach where you can drive your car on it is Daytona Beach. I'm sure you're all four for four right now. I got one more. The oldest city in the United States. It's right here in Florida. It's the oldest city in Florida and the United States. Do you know the name of it? Founded by the Spanish, it is St. Augustine. Did you get that one right? If you did, you had all five right, right? Tell me you got all five right. Well, there you have it. Engaging your brain while on a trip to Florida. So in conclusion, wrapping up this special travel edition of the Old Man's Podcast, I'd like to sum up some thoughts on travel just in general. Travel, you know, is really important. It's important for our mental health. Now, I am no expert on travel or mental health for that matter, but some of the things I like to do to make my travel experience more enjoyable along the organizational route, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about. On trips that are going to be longer than a week, and that's a lot of my trips these days, I'm going to plan on doing laundry. I generally pack for one week, and I overpack, I'll be the first one to admit it, but I try to keep it as light as possible. And I'm only going to pack for one week because I'm going to do laundry at least once during the trip. It just I just don't want to take as many bags as you would have to take for the entire trip. I go two, three, four weeks sometimes. We were gone for six weeks this fall. 
I wasn't going to take six weeks worth of clothes. I don't even know if I own six weeks worth of clothes. So I had to do some laundry. I pack things in bags as much as possible. So I'll have different bags for different sets of things. For example, I have the bag I call the bag I don't want to open. In that bag is going to be stuff that I hope I don't need. It's going to be cold weather gear this time of year because we're going to Virginia next. The uh, bag I hope I don't ever have to open has coats in it, has uh, heavier shoes, has some sweatshirts in it. I'll put rain jackets or rain gear in the bag that I hope I don't ever have to open. And then that bag goes in first. So it's at the bottom of everything else. If I never have to open it up the whole trip, that's great. But if there's something that I need because the weather's bad, I'm gonna have it in that bag and easy to get to. We do bring food with us. We bring a lot of um, water-based like berries, fruits, things like that because getting dehydrated is not a good way to spend your vacation. We keep a cooler with us but it's a bag type cooler, folding soft cooler so that when we're not using it it can be put away. It's not in the way like a big plastic or a metal cooler would be. We take a lot of easy to make the pre-made kind of foods with you, the chicken salad that's in a can already made or tuna salad. All you need is a bagel or a bread or something to put it on and you got yourself a nice sandwich. Bring Gatorade with us, powdered mix. All we need is water. We all carry water bottles with us. My latest sensation in um, water additive is something called SOS. I really like it. It's it seems to show a lot of health benefits. Everything that I take, I try to focus on multi-use. So I have a pair of black tennis shoes, for example, that I'll bring with me. I can wear those when I'm working out. They're black, so they look kind of snazzy. I can wear them with nice pants even and a polo shirt. But I like to bring as few shoes as possible. I'm going for multi-use as much as possible. And I'll have a jacket with a removable liner, that kinds of stuff. When I get in the car, I might be wearing a t-shirt with a um, cage jacket, we call them, a sleeveless jacket, and maybe have a hoodie on over that. That's all stuff that I'm wearing and I can peel it off, lots of layers. You guys know how yeah, how much smarter that is. That's just less stuff you don't have to pack. I'm always prepared to purchase things on the way during the trip. For example, Sarah's got a sunburn, so I'm gonna buy some aloe. I don't just bring it because I think I might need it. These are just perishable items that you're gonna buy anyway. If I run out of deodorant, fine, I'll buy more. I don't pack a medicine bag or a first aid bag other than the few band-aids that you have in the car all the time. If we need something like that, there's going to be plenty of drug stores to get them around. So things that you can easily get along the way, I'd suggest you don't bring with you. And as I said, I like to use lots of small bags. And I'll even take the small bags and stick them into a large suitcase. So. I may have a small bag that has our medicines in them and our, our supplements that we bring with it. And I can put all that into a bigger bag and take the whole big bag with clothes and medicine and whatever into the hotel. As I mentioned a few minutes ago, 
hydration is really important. You don't want to get dehydrated. So we have a Brita pitcher. Otherwise, if you're just buying bottled water, of course, that's bad for the environment anyway, but you're always going out buying for water. Water bottles, they take up so much room in a car. I find it easier just to get, bring your Brita pitcher with you, fill it up at the hotel or the resort, leave it sit there, and boom, you're ready to go the next day. We do an overnight bag, so we always have one bag packed with a set of pajamas and clothes for the next day. And this is where our toiletry bag, a smaller bag that goes into this big overnight bag, and our medicine bag, we go into that. So if we pull into a hotel and we're going to get out and spend the night and then leave again tomorrow, all I got to do is take this one bag, the overnight bag, in with me. I don't have to take everybody's suitcase, just this one overnight bag. It makes it a lot quicker and easier to get in and get out. I have a bag for the dog supplies. I have a bag for, I call it the productivity bag. It has my laptop in it, this recording equipment that I'm using right now, things that I might need along the way, file folders that there's, I'm working on the taxes here and there as we go, sitting at the beach today, working on my taxes. Uh, take all this stuff with me and it all goes into the productivity bag. I have another bag that has my workout equipment. The resorts that we're staying and the hotels that we're staying at all have gyms. So for this trip, I really didn't need to bring them, but I, but I did bring my resistance bands. I have my uh, roll bar for rolling out muscles. I always have that with me when we travel too, in case there's some soreness. But uh, I do take workout gear with me and try to work out as much as possible while we're traveling. I have two more bags that come to mind. One's called the sun bag and one's called the cold bag. In the sun bag has a sunscreen and some bucket hats and things that you would need if you were going out in the sun, which we are in this trip. So we brought the sun bag with us, but I had to bring the cold bag too, because we are going to go to Virginia next and it might be cold up there. So it's got hats and gloves and hand warmers and things like that. That bag again is at the bottom of the trunk and everything else is piled on top of it. Hopefully I'll never use it, but you might. Well, that's just some of my ideas, suggestions on traveling. Travel as light as possible. I'm sure that's not news to you. Travel is fun and it is mentally stimulating. For us elderly that are no longer working, mental stimulation sometimes is hard to find. So it's real important to get that and it's really easy to get that stimulation through travel. Seeing new things, meeting new people, new challenges, adventure, life worth living has adventure in it. So for us elderly folks, we need that adventure. We need to feel like life is worth living. So get out there and travel. Stay sharp, feel young, see new things. And remember, travel boldly. Get off my grass, damn kids.